0: Hey guys, Scott Short here with Empire Home Loan Corporation. My N- MLS number is 225 My California DRE license number is 0107 4493. There you go for the compliance stuff. So, guys, we're back into Merrill Chandler's book, The New F Word. And F Word's not a bad word. It's called For Funding or Fundability or Fundable. So, how are you going to change it? I don't know. Go <laughs> so that. So, we're in Chapter 14, page 113. And the chapter is called How Lenders Create how lenders created the borrower's identity crisis. So on the, this page here, there's a box. So that must be, you know, summary whatever. Let's read it out here your book. So over the following months of uninterrupted 18 hours per day, insulation, in, insulation <laughs> in, 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 uh, isolation, which is not insulation, but that's a good work. So isolation using my humble golf principal pencil and a legal pad, outlined a, a revolutionary technology that I would later call fundability optimization with its completely new framework. I mentally revisited the borrower profiles I had worked with to remember what factors determined my clients' funding approvals, Wave after wave of awareness flooded me and I began to connect dots I never knew could be connected. That's in the big square box up top. That's not the chapter, but that's kind of maybe a preface to the chapter. So there you go. Let's go on in the chapter here. It says, for hundreds of years, lenders sat face to face with borrowers and physically reviewed reviewed proof, in parentheses, or not parentheses, but quotations, doc- documented documents that verify the borrower's identity and ability to repay. Nowadays, we call it ability to repay ATR, is a new word for since the crash in, uh, you know, back in 08 or whatever, <laughs> market wise. And ability to repay is a big important thing that you do home loans, that people should have the ability to repay. Don't lend people money that they can't pay back. That's not good for them or for anybody. So stop that. <laughs> so next it says, today these documents include a driver's license, a social security card, pay sub, and tax returns. And a driver's license is to say to, you, uh, to us is that you are you and how you sign your name is your signature and it's you, not some other fraudster trying to do some bad. Then also for Social security card number, we we'll make sure social insurance that we are you know getting credit for the right person, not somebody else. Okay, pay stuff, well that's given, tax returns given. Okay, um, in manual underwriting, it matters very little what information is put on a funding application because the very nature of manual underwriting requires a lender to verify everything with proof documents. Now, ma- manual underwriting is very seldom used because the Liability to the lender is higher because when the computer says you're approved, we blame the computer for the approval, right? When man underwritten, you got to blame the underwriter. Underwriter, you know, that's never good because they can get fired, I guess. So I'll keep going on this. Let's see, page here. It says here, uh, borrowers could use any version or combination of their identity. Hmm. They could complete the application as Stephen, Dance or Stephen M. Dance or Stephen Michael Dance with no impact on what, whether or not the application would be approved. The borrower and lenders knew it would be verified with a physical driver's license, like I said, many of them. That is not the case with automatic underwriting systems. The AUS automatic underwriting system is what the lenders use to qualify you. So Fannie Mae has their version, Freddie has their version, FHA has their version. And it's new for the version of FHA VA has one and so does USda so they're all a little different but let's go on I digress it say so in automatic underwriting mode lenders lenders profit shrinks significantly when a human being gets involved in the application review process meaning the timeline there is a lot longer and you have more time you have to have somebody deal with it versus the computer saying hey you know we're approved let's verify this stuff is right and we're cool. So that's what that happens there. So that's my interpretation there because I do this for a living. Uh-huh. So next page, 114. In fact, the whole point of AUS, Automate Underwriting System, is to leverage artificial intelligence algorithms to remove humans from the application process completely. Now, sub it has a footnote here, footnote number 89. The use of machine learning and artificial intelligence to prove funding applications and curb fraud have been the most uh, the most promoted topics at the last three FICO World Conferences. Well, makes sense. It cannot be said enough. Lenders do not want to rely on proof documents. It costs too much to collect and verify them. When when was the last time you were asked for your driver's license when completing an online application? All right, I'm not gonna ask you right then and there, but i gonna ask you later, later, when the lender sends you up the needs list, so hello. <laughs> so that's kind of thing. The proof of documents nowadays, I mean, we're in 2023 that you know digital verifications of employment, uh banking, of, uh, you know, credit, so like that. So we can verify stuff digital. Normally, if people are to participate in certain uh companies that do uh payroll, okay. So sometimes we don't need your paychecks, uh pay paychecks, stuff, tax returns, that kind of stuff, because we just verification from the system that helps out. So that's called digital. digital loan kind of thing, we will call it, right? I mean, we're we're digitally getting your documentation through different sources that have been uh, proven and verified through the agency. That's me talking. Back to Merrill. The great lender failure. More and more lenders adopt AUS, automatic underwriting system, every year. The problem is that lenders have not brought borrowers up to speed with what AUS means for the funding approval. Okay, every year they mean that the government's, you know, Fannie Freddie, all the entities that lend money, that they are always updating their systems send out new um, system, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, their upgrades, you'll call or up, up, whatever you call the word. It's basically they will send something new to implement the new conditions or criteria the federal government has uh, requested for the lenders to do. And on top of that, some lenders will put their own ideas on top of that. So we have to be called overlay. So when lender puts their, their, policy procedures or whatever on top of what the government's saying they want, then it's called overlays. So that means that lender has additional rules that sometimes, you know, may not fit you. So you can find a lender who does what they call uh, direct, they basically do a direct underwrite, meaning they're going straight off any credit rules versus add on top of their rules and make it more complex. And that's my interpretation there. Okay. Let's keep going here. Says uh, back to Merrill. Uh, this is a huge problem. And lender's great, greatest failure is probably the fact that borrowers do not have a single clue as to how important their identity is to the automatic underwriting process. Now lenders are are spending billions of dollars every year trying to prevent the very fraud that was na- the natural result of their failure to educate borrowers on the success use of designated personal borrower identity. So they call this the PBID, which stands for personal borrower identity. Oh, okay. Or ID by the this is Merrill's talking, right? So back to the uh, By the time AUS came along uh, online, most borrowers had already completed a multitude of applications the old-fashioned way and used numerous very, very versions of their identity while going south. Since bureau credit bureaus collect everything submitted on an application, the damage has already been done. So what he's saying here is that. You work on the credit report. Your name will be on there multiple different ways. Maybe it's a you know it's a, if it's a young lady that you know they maybe has a maiden name versus a married name or hyphenated. There's different ways, and your 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 credit has been established through being credit credit in the past. So that does cause a similar, you know kind of cuckoo. So I'll keep going on here. Back to Merrill. So AUS had a design to sort through all the borrower's identity versions residing on the credit bureau database and determine page one fifteen an accurate data set representing the person submitting the application. The fact the borrower was approved previously for funding using any one of these several names and address version is, capital letters, the hole in the armor. That allows fund, uh, fraudsters to deceive lenders into approving fraudulent applications in the borrower's name. The hole in the mirror or armor is a threat to all lenders and borrowers someone attempting to commit application fraud can do so quite easily, per Merrill, just as knowing any of the borrower's identity variations. For example, in applications having already been approved for Stephen Dance or Stephen M. Dance or Stephen Michael Dance, the fraudster could submit an application using any of those names and likely be successful. To go back to this fact, billions of people have have spent billions of dollars have been spent by FICO, the Lenders AUS developer, to add more and more complex data point analysis to determine if the application is legitimate. We appreciate that. The chapter will provide you education on you should have received by lenders. You will discover how to create and maintain a personal borrower identity that helps Lenders AUS know without a doubt that your applications are legit. And uh, footnote number nine says, lenders, you're welcome. (laughs) We thank you. (laughs) This process will also ensure the highest possible protection against having project applications submitted in your name. So it's to page 116. Okay, here we got a a list of stuff here. So, cause of the borrower's identity crisis. How did your identity become such a mess in the first place? There are many ways this could have happened. So here's the ways the real things could have happened. So... First one is use different versions of your name when you submit funding application over the years. Number two, use different addresses in your application. Number three, purchase multiple homes and each address is listed in the borrower's profile as your current address. Number four, social security number of your spouse or family member recorded on your profile from filing joint applications. Number five, multiple dates of birth from file merges. File merges, right? And then number six. Change your name when you got married. Number seven, change your name when you got divorced. Uh, number eight, a common name, and your file was merged with uh, on the credit bureau database with someone sharing your name. You may be a junior or a senior or first, second, or third person. So that does cause problems with you know the parent's going to be senior, son's going to be junior, or, you know what? I don't think girls have that kind of stuff, but things the most of the guy's side. But that that does cause problems if you have the same name in the same house. If the parents or the kid has bad credit, sometimes it flops in your stuff. So be careful of that. The strategy, the true strategy of borrower's identity crisis is that every cause listed above can, can be prevented with even a little borrower education. My personal story is, is a perfect example of the lack of training. My dad and I share the same name, but my birth certificate does not have a junior listed. To make matters worse, I was never consistent with which version of my name I used on application. I filed some occasions with my full full middle name, while others I only used my initial, uh, uh, and and on other fields I used only my first and last name. As I continued to research how to solve my borrower identity crisis, I discovered that there were numerous versions of my name, Rayo Chandler, or you know, Merrill Chandler on Credit Bureau database. Other other Merrill Chandlers include an emergency room surgeon in Oakland, California, a professional emeritus at the University of Illinois, uh, Urbana, Urbana uh, champion, Right, champion that right, champagne. <laughs> uh, this doesn't even include that dozen, dozen or so Merrill Chandlers. Number 22, footnote, what's it say here, 22, uh, name, Name reversals are common in credit bureau identity listings and count against you as an alias, aka also known as. Okay, we keep going on. While the rep, while this represents a huge mess, there there is a way to fix it. I had to learn all the other over these decades of, of trial and error. Thank you fund funding approval god Well, I with gods, but that hey, will do that. That you get to cheat and to do it easy way. Okay. There's the power of PBID. That's your personal, what do you call it? Personal. Oh eh, my gosh. What's that thing called? PBID. You know what I'm talking about? Sir. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> we'll go on. Uh after seeing the funding success of thousands of clients, students who have implemented fundability optimization strategies, I can say without reservation that in my experience and, and intentionally crafted, oh let's go. So PBD stands for personal borrower identity personal borrower ID has a powerful influence over the funding approvals and can protect you from fraud. I define, I define an optimized PBID as a single version of your name, address, phone number, data birth, and security number used when completing a funding application, page 118. The only set of identity data on record with the credit bureaus and fraud detection database such as FICO, Falcon platform, early warning system, et cetera. When you connect the dots, it makes total sense. A few versions of, a few versions of your identity data needs to be analyzed by AUS. Increase the likelihood of approval because you can easily identify the legitimate borrower or as a legitimate borrower. Lender's confidence goes up, fundability goes up and your score improves as well. If you have not already ordered your borrower Profile from FICO.com. Do so now; it will help you as you continue through the next few chapters. So once again, ask for the borrower profile from myFICO.com. That's your homework. <laughs> if you have ordered it, look at how many versions of your identity are listed in the personal information section. To see even bigger identity mass, look at your raw data consumer disclosure files available from each of the credit bureaus. AnnualCreditReport.com. You may end. They may even, sorry, you may find even more versions of your name, address, and phone number, date of birth, and social security number. the number three, short of date of birth and social security number, respectively. Oh, <laughs> D-O-B, and <it> okay. I <laughs> already read it for you, so I apologize. So, but yeah, if you go to annualcreditport.com, you get your free credit report once a year per bureau. So, your Equifax and your Experian, you get one of those bureaus every year. You know, once a year, right? Free. There's websites. No credit score. You don't need it. But credit scores from a bureau like that is not the same credit score you'll have from a mortgage we talked about earlier. So don't pay the money. You don't need tracking. I do want to information. We do suggest if you take one bureau every four months, so four times three bureaus, right? Equifax, Experian, TransUnion. Four times three is twelve. So you have free monitoring for the year. There you go. Anyway, tip tip. <laughs> That's my tip. <laughs> Back to Merrill. Then, enter AUS Automated auto, Automated Underwriting System. Let's look at this from the AUS perspective. perspective. Let's say you have five name versions and five addresses. That means AUS has twenty-five identity data sets to evaluate in order to determine the legitimacy of your identity. Okay. Add an extra social security number or wrong date of birth to the mix. AUS software has even more possible identities to sort through. That also means main identity data sets can be used to fraud applications. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, page 119 uh, solving your borrower identity crisis there's a solution to this borrower identity crisis or better said there are many solutions to the crisis as there are borrowers and since there is no way i can provide a custom identity solution for every reader i think it's best to outline the, the overarching strategies that will make the most difference in the most number of readers okay when reviewing the, when reviewing the implementation steps below question will arise which require individual answers for specific answers to address your particular situation I refer you to my boot camp so you can implement the steps needed to create a custom solution for your pbiD crisis okay here we go to steps Steps to create your personal borrower identity. But to go any to go any further down the path to fundability, you must create a fundable PBID. Number ninety-four footnote. The for PB. The intention of a PBID is to clarify your real identity and ensure it is the only one associated with your data set. Establishing a fundable PBID does not include using a credit protection number (CPN) or individual taxpayer number, it uh, itin, I-T-I-N. fraudsters use those otherwise legally identification numbers to create false security numbers to protect yourself from the fraudulent use of these numbers. Check out Protect Your Identity and Fundability Identity Podcast, especially at GetFundablePodcast.com. So that's Merrill's uh, podcast, GetFundablePodcast.com. Yeah. That's all one word. Mm-hmm. Well, .com, yeah. <laughs> okay, back to where it was, Ninety-four. Okay, the steps below will help you establish only one version of your identity reported by the credit bureaus, and then use only the identity when completing future funding requests. Number one, order your myfico.com credit report. The advanced monitoring option on the site will give you access to your true FICO credit score and will help you establish a baseline as you seek to improve your fundability. Number two, Order all three of your consumer disclosure files. These were, mm-hmm. these are your raw data files on each on so one, sorry, one each from Equifax, showing you an experiment. You'll find your disclosure files at annualcrypto.com. Okay. Page 120. These files contain identity data you have submitted throughout your financial life and your sources of borrower's identity problems. But note number five, warning, if any of the credit bureaus requires proof of identification to send your disclosure file, you can be sure your identity is so messed up that even the database don't trust you. Okay, gotcha. Follow their instructions and get the report. Okay, thanks for that. Little side note, Mr. Merrill. Okay, number three for Merrill, review all other identity versions that are listed each of the files from step one and two above. You'll need to be familiar with these identity variations when it comes to disputing them at each respective credit bureau in step seven. So we go to look at seven. Okay, step four choose one version of your name to use in all financial transactions that will report to the credit bureaus. Since over 60% of the funding applications ask for only a middle initial, I recommend my students and clients that they use their middle initial. Okay, uh, yeah, use their middle initial if they have one. Okay. Do not make up a middle initial if you do if you don't have one. Just use your first and last name and leave the middle initial and middle name blank. Number 96 says Jessica Gunslinger Tobora, my business partner, a member of the executive team, had a friend who told a story that when she was completing completing her first credit application, application specifically asked applicants to put in something as a, uh, in each field, not knowing better when. Asked for a middle initial in the same section, she wrote A. Even though she had no middle initial. Years later, when Jessica heard the story, her friend's identity, that, identity data still included an A in the middle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's never good. <laughs> Don't make stuff up, right? Bye, bye, bye. Now there's number 96. So 96 was where? Oh my gosh. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Then it says, back says Merrill, says, uh, Hyphenating names carry special problems too. So if you're, you know, a, you know, a, you know whatever, you know, whatever your last name, if you hyphenated, you know, let's say Jones slash Robinson or whatever, or not that slash, but Jones, dash, little, you know, little line, Robinson or whatever, whatever the name's gonna be, that that's problems, cause problems because how was red. Let's keep going. That was my my spin there, but we'll keep going forwards. Number five, looking up your residence address on USPS, that stands for United States dot website and determine its standard format. you want to see how your address is done. Next, you'll find out the zip code and the additional four digits after zip code to help make sure you're really dialing in, right? So that's what I'm saying here. Okay, where are we at? We left some, okay. Then it says, every address in the United States has a standard format for how it is spelled, used and listed. Credit bureaus and lenders use the same format in their software, so recognize that. Find your residence address and learn its standard format. The formula be required when completing step six and step eight below using post office uh box, using post office boxes or commercial mailboxes, mail received agency, uh, mail receiving agencies like mailbox shredder or UPS store will in most cases trigger fraud detection, red flags and application will maybe not. Cause remember, those places have a lot of people there, and a lot of people have been there, and a lot of people are gonna be there. So yeah. That's why that's you why have some issues popping up. So, page 21, number six. Call each lender that currently reporting an open, positive account uh, on the credit bureaus and update the lender account information with your chosen PBID. we we'll to keep the PBIDs consistent everywhere, right? So, don't worry about fraudsters, right? Well, less worry. <laughs> Do not update any other financial information except as mentioned above. Verify your... Verify your lender that, sorry, verify that your lender has changed the account information to reflect your PBID by calling again and asking, asking the lender's representative to tell you what your identity data points are. Do not stop requesting the that they update your file until it is perfect. Verify, 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 right? As Ronald Reagan says, trust to verify, right? <laughs> Contact each credit bureau and dispute all versions of your identity information. Whichever contact method you use, the credit bureaus will require you to send a copy of your driver's license and social security card for proof. Note, as the Real ID acts, it is unlikely that your DMV will allow you to change your middle name to your middle initial or your, driver's li- on your on your driver's license. Other than that, you will need to make sure the address on your driver's license reflects the chosen PBID. Otherwise, the credit bureaus will not update your credit your, your records to delete other versions because then you're care faster. Uh-huh. Cool. Number eight, complete each finding request application using your exact PBID data. You must complete all new funding applications using the exact PBID data points. If you don't, you'll just add a new version <laughs> to your set of data points and all your efforts to clean up your PBID is been wasted. Brr. Number nine, implementing mail, phone, and online protection strategies. Page 22, 122. So, the purpose of the identity synchronization exercise is to transform your PBID. So it goes like this. says, a uh, good example of picture says, you know, you have Stephen Michael Dance with JP Morgan and HSBC, but then with Barclay and Countrywide, which is longer, but that's, that's you know, right. You have Stephen M. Dance. And then the last one, you have Citibank, Cap One, and Deutsche Bank was a Steven dance, right? So you have all different ways with different entities. So that's going to freak out the, the system, right? So what you want to do is go to all those guys make sure Steven M. Dance or however your name is going to be everywhere, keep it consistent everywhere, right? There we go. You will still know, I say you will know, you will know you you are a right, let me try this again. You will know you've arrived when the credit bureaus and therefore all lenders will pull your, for our profile have access to only one version of your identity data, yay. This will ensure you're not red flagged by underwriting software or worse denied because the data isn't trustworthy and they don't want to spend time and money to manually underwrite. Fix your PBID now, says Merrill. <laughs> Let's keep moving. It's time to talk about how to increase the amount of, of every approval you get. So we're gonna do that next time. So we finish up with page 122, Chapter 14. So next next time we want to talk about chapter 15. And chapter 15 is called Less Is Better than More, not just a piece of plastic. Ooh, that sounds intriguing. So thanks guys. We'll see you on the next round.